Hello and welcome to The Big Rishi, where we're tracking the first 100 days of Rishi Sunak's premiership. Today is day 81 and I'm joined by Rory Taylor, our Hello. social media manager. How are you doing? Very good. Good. We're nearly good. 100, aren't we? Nearly there. We're, mm. you know, it's the new year. It's only, a, what, another, well, 19 days, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Good I can maths. do basic maths, thanks yeah. to Rishi Sunak. Uh, so, we've got, uh, there's been a couple of things going on this week. We've had, obviously, Prime Minister's questions. Yeah. And it was a, quite a big one this week, it's First fair to say. Year. First of the year. It was quite a <clears> feisty one. Yeah. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, before, I want to talk a little bit about a sort of brewing rebellion that's happening. So, you know, previous Prime Ministers, um, Truss and Johnson, they were famed for some of their sort of backbench rebellions. Truss, famously, one of the things that triggered her downfall was a big uh, backbench rebellion. I can't... What on was it fracking, on? It was on fracking, yeah. of course it was. Uh, on fracking. Sunak seems to, you know, well, with the fracking situation, actually, um, this trust, she kind of refused to back down on that. There was a bit of speculation about whether it was or wasn't a, um, a, a, an issue of confidence in the government, um, and she ultimately ended up resigning. Mm. Uh, Rishi Sunak has faced two major rebellions so far. Yeah. One on um, planning, on house planning, the other one on onshore wind. Yeah. He's sort of, his solution to these backbench rebellions on both of those occasions were just to sort of back down, um, give some concessions. Yeah. Uh, this one is on the online safety bill, which I'm sure our viewers probably have heard of before. It's been knocking around for quite a long time now, it feels. Do you want to give a little bit of a background just to the online safety bill as a whole? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, it was a bill, or it is a bill, that was introduced under Boris Johnson. Um, his culture secretary, Nadine Dorries, was the kind of uh, the mastermind behind it, if I can say that. Um, and basically the goal is, um, I'll, to put it, it's quite a complicated subject, but to put it simply, the goal is to um, improve protections uh, for, you know, online, social media mm. platforms, whatever, uh, improve protections for children and users of those platforms. Um, it's been around, I think it was first introduced to Parliament uh, in March last year. And since then, obviously, we're on our third prime minister. Um, and I don't know what number, culture secretary, but um, things have changed hands quite a few times and there's been uh, delays, there's been changes, there's been all sorts of things happening to the bill. Um, but, you know, they're gradually making progress and we've got this new rebellion that I don't know if you want to talk about the amendment or... Yeah, no, so we'll talk about the amendment briefly um, because I think th this is the reason it's, you know, in the news. So basically, um, an amendment was proposed and it has quite a lot of backing. There's 37 Conservative MPs who back it. And this is to introduce um, a new power for Ofcom to be able to... Um, prosecute tech bosses who fail to protect children. So this is quite a, it's something that's been in the news for a little while. There was a case uh, a couple of years ago of um, a girl called Molly Russell who um, was being shown, the algorithm on, I can't remember which app it was, uh, I won't say just in case I get it wrong, but she was on social media and the algorithm had shown her uh, self-harm content. Um, she ended up very sadly taking her own life. Um, so there's there's this there's her 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 father backs this amendment, um, you know, which would mean that that tech bosses aren't just fined for not uh, for for failing in their duty to protect children. The tech bosses can actually be sentenced, and if this amendment is accepted, it will mean that they can face uh, prison time of up to two years mm. if they fail in that duty. Um, so the reason that 37 Tory MPs backing it is significant is because Rishi Sunak currently has a majority of 69. So. Uh, Labour are backing the amendment. So if these 37 Conservative MPs 
vote for the amendment alongside Labour, it would mean it would go through and Rishi Sunak would uh, not be able to, to, you know, he'd lose that vote. Um, it seems that for his part, Rishi Sunak's approach so far has been to instruct his ministers to look into the feasibility of being yeah. able to do this, <clears throat> to check that there aren't any, you know, unintended consequences of introducing this. So it seems almost like a concession that he's he's sort of looking into the feasibility. I imagine if it comes back that there aren't going to be too many unintended consequences and it is feasible for this amendment to go through, I would suggest that Sunak will end up yeah. backing it, considering on the last two uh, major potential rebellions, um, Sunak backed down. I would imagine he probably will on this. Uh, it's also worth noting that um, of the 37 Conservative MPs who are backing the amendment, 10 uh, former ministers. Uh, and this includes Ian Duncan Smith, Priti Patel and Dame Andrea Leadsom. It's also quite interesting to note that Priti Patel, who I'd say is, you know, on quite the, the right of the Conservative Party, is uh, against Sunak with Labour. It's, mm. a, it's a sort of, this, this is a coalition of support that we would not ordinarily see yeah. anywhere else. But I think that, in a way, that makes it easier for the government to accept it because... Um, because Labour's backing it and parts of the Conservative Party are backing it, they aren't, uh, if, if they go along with that, mm. there's not too many parts of Parliament that are going to be opposed to them no. backing the amendment. Um, so I guess uh, by next week, we should know what the government thinks about it. I think the mm. Culture Secretary, Michelle Donnellan, said um, they're, you know, they're considering it and they'll you know, come to a decision uh, when it comes to a vote next week. Um, it's a pretty... When it comes to unintended consequences, yeah. like you were saying, I think the difficulty is is that that is this exact type of amendment that could have quite a lot of unintended consequences when you're talking about the potential of prosecuting tech executives in you know Facebook or Twitter or wherever. Um, that's quite a big quite a big deal uh, yeah. to go from fines of companies to to putting well, executives in prison. Just as well, I think something else we need to explain is that if the amendment wasn't to go through, the, the current wording of the legislation means that uh, social media bosses would face fines of up to 10% of their global revenue. Yeah, so, so the company would the face, company the, fine would face than, the fine rather than so the executive. So as it stands, the online safety bill would mean that if a social media company fails in its duty to protect children, it can face fines of up to 10% of its global mm. revenue. So for some context, if Facebook was ever to be fined for that, that would amount to a seven, uh, £9.7 billion pound fine, yeah. which, would be, which would obviously be huge. Um, the argument is, is that fines might not necessarily discourage or force social media companies to take it seriously enough. Because yeah. if you have deep enough pockets, I, I know it's a percentage fine, so yeah. variable fine, but nonetheless, it, it, that, 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 on an individual basis, it's not... Yeah, the idea in, with the amendment is, is making tech executives or social media executives uh, realise that they're personally liable yes. for it, and they, so they, they will you know, really move to, to make, increase the protections online. Um, it also has... A lot of support outside of Parliament. As I say, obviously, Ian Russell, father of Molly Russell, in that, that mm. awful case that we, we brought up earlier, uh, he supports it. Um, charities such as the NSPCC uh, support it as well. Um, so there is quite a lot of support for this amendment. Um, as I say, it's going in, to be interesting to see what happens next week. My suggestion is, I think that it will end up going through. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. Um, it does depend on what kind of consequences the government sees coming from that. Um, but I suspect it will go through. Um, just mm. to, to kind of balance things out a bit, there is uh, the Open Rights Group, for one example, is, is in opposition to this bill, um, and they 
basically the sorry. To, sorry to the amendment i should say yeah um and they said that uh they worry that fear of a prison sentence could lead to children being restricted from all types of content that they're legally entitled to see so mm. you know one of the potential consequences could be that uh, social media companies think well we don't want to even risk getting this wrong so let's just take children off all platforms i say mm. children you know people under 18 um that is one of these potential yeah, consequences yeah, uh, unintended consequences that that might be being considered um, well, with all of this it's balancing that right isn't it yeah. of, of, of children to use the internet and to be able to see you know lawful and i suppose uh, content they sh we all agree that children should be able to see you know i you know lots of different uses of the internet yeah. and things that they should be able to see but it's also balancing that with trying to crack down on you know awful things that they are able to see and i think that the, the reason that this bill has gone through and the reason it's so difficult is because there's certain types of content which by the letter of the law mm. isn't illegal like yeah. i think that the self-harm content was was one that was quite a difficult situation um but has been shown to them nonetheless and obviously with algorithms and everything else it's it's certain yeah. types of content are being pushed so that you maybe might under, wish that they weren't able to see under the original bill um when it was nadine dory's mm. uh, running things there was this provision that uh legal but harmful content yes exactly uh, would have you know would would effectively become illegal um, but that was stripped from the bill in december by um rishi sunak and michelle donnellan um and that's just you know that was there was a lot of focus on that uh, as that part of the bill but you know in, the entire bill is it's a really complicated area uh, that it's trying to legislate and it is obviously you know it's uk legislation but these are companies that operate in basically every country in the world so they're really difficult decisions that have to be made and that's why it has been this drawn out process with this bill I, i've got a question for you and if, uh, you know i totally understand if, yeah. you, if you don't know about this because it's, it's quite a niche question but proposing supposing the amendment goes through yeah and a social media giant is or uh, found that they're showing content to children they shouldn't and that they're not meeting their duty to protect children um would the a uk-based individual would it have to be a uk-based individual that would get the prison sentence or could it be from head office for facebook for example in yeah, america i i don't know the answer with that because you know you kind of imagine like when when you hear tech bosses could go to prison for mm. failing, protect, failing to protect children, you think, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or someone or Elon Musk or yes. something. But um, it's I think it's actually tech executives, so it's not mm. necessarily the bosses, um, but people high up. I don't know, but I would imagine it would be people in responsible for the UK. So, yeah. Um, but that also, you know, this kind of th this this conversation we're having shows that the area is complicated and difficult and mm. another criticism of this amendment is that it doesn't really provide a clear uh you know to say tech executives have failed in their duty to protect children how do you actually establish that mm. and then how do you prove it you know it, it's um it's not all that clear-cut to be honest it, yeah and i i think things are getting so much more complicated because algorithms are so personally you know it's not something that is designed and, and pushing content that has been selected by a human. Yeah, It's all designed on what you watch and trying to promote things more with that. And it's so hard to, to get a grasp. I mean, you know, we obviously work for a YouTube channel and trying to understand the algorithm so that our mm. videos get pushed. It's a very difficult task. And there's a lot of us that, you know, our, our, our livelihoods depend on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, 
And we, we don't understand that. And, and from my understanding, YouTube at times doesn't 100% know how certain bits of content gets pushed and doesn't because it's such a dynamic thing. Mm. So the, the world that we're living in is getting so much more complicated and so much more difficult. And governments are trying to keep up. But I think this is a perfect example of how difficult things are. And legislating on that in particular is so, so difficult. You know, 10 years ago, social media you know, was proliferating a bit more, but the types of content that were pushed, it wasn't this sort of dynamic algorithm that was doing it, which made it a little bit easier to, to moderate. It's just the world's getting so much more complicated. And, and this is a perfect example of governments trying to keep up. Now, whether this goes through, we don't know yet. Yeah. What the consequences of this will be if it does go through, we also don't know yet. It's, it's quite, this is sort of new yeah. territory for governments. I'm sure so, if it does, if the whole bill goes through, um, I'm sure other countries will be looking at how how this well it will be an act of parliament how that yeah. works in practice and and we'll take lessons from that well this is all very interesting i'm but sure yeah. we're going to pick this up again next week to see what happens but mm -hmm. my suggestion is it probably will go they'll find that it, it's practical um practical it, and then it will be voted through and that will be passed yeah, i think Do you so. agree? i agree and i think yeah. that will be done with fairly little protest from within parliament to be honest yeah i, I mean it'd be, be interesting if both parties whip the vote in favor yeah Rare um, unity in Parliament. So that's uh, yeah. So very interesting new that, that new bit of legislation or a new amendment that hasn't yeah. been tried before. We'll keep an eye on this next week. We'll pick it back up, see what's happened. So we'll move on slightly now. We'll go to Prime Minister's questions. Yes. So a little bit of a change of gear here because it was more, um, uh, fast paced. And yeah, than a quite fast paced. One year old bill. So this was the first one of the year. First yeah. Prime Minister's questions of the year. Um, it was mainly about the NHS yeah. uh, this week. Um, this is uh, in a week where ambulance drivers were on strike. Um, we've had conversation about how much nurses should be paid. That seems to be a, a very long, ongoing conversation mm -hmm. in this country. Um, very fiery between the, yeah. the two, the two had, leaders here. You had about however many weeks of, uh, of uh, however many weeks without Parliament, you know, kind of built up to this to this first uh, PMQs of the year and. In that week of sorry, in that period of recess over Christmas, you had uh, you had strikes um, in the ambulance services and the NHS, but also uh, we we saw uh, the data recently from from December um, just how just how much the ambulance service is struggling mm. and the NHS is struggling with record times at you know their worst uh, sorry response times at their yeah. worst level. I think, I think I saw yesterday that the, they aim to have... So if you have a stroke, the aim is for an ambulance to be with you within... Is it 18 eight minutes. Or 18, 18 minutes. 18 so minutes. category two calls, which are things like a suspected heart attack and yes. stroke, the target is 18 minutes. Um, the average in yep. England last month was one hour, 33 yes. minutes, which is far beyond you know that target i think previously the highest it had been was 60 minutes as yeah. well so yeah. it beat the previous record of 60 minutes i mean just consider that for a second if you suspect you're having a, a stroke and you call up an ambulance attack, yeah or, or, or yeah, a heart attack and you, you you call up an ambulance expecting them to come and you know this is a really really serious mm. situation um and they come an hour and a half later yeah or, or more because that more, is an average of obviously course. so um but Anyway, we kind of got off track. Yeah, so, yeah. that, that All of that context kind of um, was within this first Prime Minister's questions um, where uh, Starmer really kind of... Oh, sorry. Starmer really pushed uh, Sunak, the Prime Minister, on, on these issues and saying, this is 13 years of Tory government. He said, you know, this is what, hap this is what happens basically to the NHS and to our emergency services after what he said was years and years of underfunding. Um, Sunak... He did push back on that. Um, mm. 
obviously the, the 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 elephant in the room i suppose is covid so he says you know these problems in the nhs not entirely caused by but largely caused by uh, the pandemic um, yeah. which is obviously a factor but the you know to what de- you know to what degree it is the main cause or the the only cause is up for debate um, and you saw them kind of go back and forth on that um, and when it comes to strikes uh, sunak's line was that uh, you know, we're standing up for people. Labour yes. is in the pockets of the unions. Um, and that is that, you know, he used that line a few times last month in previous um, appearances in the House of Commons. But that seems to be the line that they're going for now, which is conservatives on the side of people and patients, Labour on the side of unions trying to, you know, stop people accessing services. That is their dividing line that they're trying to push. And just to add to that as well, Sunak seems to be using this line that we've accepted the public pay review in full. Yeah. Um, as a defence, whereas uh, Starmer constantly goes back to the line of um, Sunak isn't isn't engaging with unions. He's yeah. not, he's not, you know, he's he's sort of leaving them be, not not engaging with them. Do, do you want to talk slightly about about those two and how? Because it is true that Sunak has accepted public pay review yeah. body's recommendations, but it is also true that he is not really engaging with the unions yeah, themselves. So the uh, public pay review bodies are independent of government and they make a recommendation on on how much public public sector should uh, see their pay increase each year and the one for nurses or the one for the nhs um was uh, they made that recommendation kind of early on last year um and the government accepted that in full i think it was two or three percent i think um but since then we've seen inflation continue mm. to rise up to about 11 percent um so obviously the offer that or that recommendation that they accepted is now way behind the inflation rate. Which is at nearly 11%. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's true to say we've accepted it, but but the months on the months of inflation after that suggest that, uh, you know, that number might have been different had that recommendation been made later in mm. the year. Um, the government has consistently said they're not going to reopen those uh, pay, the, the pay review, um, but... The talk now is of a potential uh, one-off payment to NHS staff like nurses and ambulance drivers, a one-off payment of some some amount um, that will hopefully be enough to, you know, get them to stop striking, basically. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be a, an actual rise in the sense of a percentage increase in their salary, but it would be a chunk of money for this year. And then, they, you know, they for, for following years, you know, they, they will talk about how much their pay will increase. But that the one for the the one that was recommended last year, they're not going to reopen. Yeah. Well, I mean, this seems like it's going to be something that's going to, to drag on a little while. Just yeah. before we end as well, who do you think won Prime Minister's Questions of the Week? Who do you think came off better? Um, I I don't really know. I, I find it difficult because it's always, whenever people watch Prime Minister's Questions, basically the person who they like the most, they think that person won. And I think that is pretty much true of most Prime Minister's Questions. Mm. Um, I will say I was surprised surprised by how well Sunak performed I thought he performed better than I thought he was going to um but I always think of Prime Minister's questions not as a uh, winner or loser type thing because most people don't see Prime Minister's questions I think it's a useful tool to see the kind of lines that each side are taking and how they how they're going to attack the other side and defend themselves from attacks uh, I think that's the value that it serves rather than who wins I think and who doesn't I, win. I completely agree. I think they they were both really good. It's difficult to distinguish a winner. I think they both came out with some pretty 
cracking attack lines this week. Yeah. So we had we had Starmer saying, when I clapped for nurses, I meant it. We had him saying, why do patients always wait longer um, under the Tories? Um, Sunak then hit back with, Labour's only idea is another completely disruptive, top-down, unfunded reorganisation buying out uh, every single GP contract. It will cost a fortune and is out of date, just like the Labour Party. Rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next one is uh, a little bit snappier, which was from Sunak as well. When it comes to the NHS, things are clear. Conservatives on the side of patients, Labour on the side of their union paymasters. Yeah. Their union paymasters is a, is a classic Tory attack yeah. line against Labour. It's interesting. Um, there was Usually Prime Minister's questions has some humour in it, some mm. element of fun for the viewer to you know there, there's some banter even if it's like it's like this podcast yeah it's been lacking today but but this week's uh pmqs was just like devoid of any of that it was like just proper attacks from one to the other um which yeah you know i guess is politics but um i feel I, like we've I, taken the same tone on the podcast yeah. this week as prime minister's questions yeah i mean there's, they're not particularly jovial subjects no, they're I not. Suppose, no, but, um, no yeah in terms of uh pmqs i think the next few weeks we'll see similar uh back yeah. and forth well with, with both these topics we just that we've discussed today we'll have to pick them up again next week you know yeah. prime discretions is is back again next week um and obviously this this online safety bill amendment will be going through next week so yeah. we'll know how that goes uh but until then uh thank you for joining me rory no and if you've got any views on the podcast at all um tweet either of us um i'm at tldr ben and rory is at tldr rory so feel free to uh feel free to Please let us know do. what you think and if you have any thoughts on the things that we've discussed or that you'd like us to discuss next week. Yes. Uh, so yeah, thank you for watching. Today it's day eighty-one, and I'm joined by that. Fuck. Sorry. Hello. Um, sorry. I can't focus now. <laughs> get your shit together. Me? Yeah. I've done nothing so far. You're giggling and stopping me from doing right. it properly. Today is day eighty-one, and I'm joined by Rory Taylor, our social media correspondent. <laughs> Coordinator, <laughs> why is that so hard? One last time, one last time. I'm really sorry. Today is day 81, and I'm joined by Rory Taylor, our social media manager. <laughs> this is terrible, Ben. This is shocking. I'm doing it again. Hello. Um... <laughs> sorry, I was watching on the screen. Today I'm joined by. <laughs> You're gonna have to cut to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ben, I'm crying now. Has anyone got anywhere to be? <laughs> I've actually got tears coming out. Okay. Hello and welcome to The Big Issue, the podcast where we're tracking the first 100 days of... <laughs> I was fine. I know, I, was I wasn't. Fine. Hello and welcome to The Big Issue. <laughs> it's if getting harder it, it, it's if, 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 if it a normal name for this podcast, it'll be fine. You have to say Big Issue. Big Chungus. Uh, <laughs> don't say that. It's not The Big Chungus. I'm going to look all red. <laughs> yeah. It's you two. Right, come on, guys. Keep it professional. It yeah? does. Let's just get the job done. Hello and welcome to the Big Chunga. <laughs> no. I'm doing it. My job, I will do it. Today is day... <laughs> I can't get through it. I'm sorry. I have to hide behind the microphone. Okay. Okay. Got a little sniffle now. Okay. You've okay. got to hold it together because if I get through the first bit, I can do it. I'm joined by Rory Taylor, who's our social media manager. Hello. <laughs> Do it again! I thought the cut would work. No, it's not going to work. <clears throat> uh, we're never going to record <laughs> this.